One of the most common anxieties of early motherhood is navigating the everyday difficulties of breastfeeding. Whether you're family planning or expanding your family, our experts are here to help. I'm Gina DiPietro, your host for Latch On, a Novant Health podcast series featuring baby-friendly breastfeeding content for women at all stages of their journey in motherhood. Novant Health is a baby-friendly USA hospital where we consider breastfeeding to be the norm. Learn all about the benefits of breastfeeding both for mom and baby, skin-to-skin contact, how to pick up on hunger cues, and navigate your postpartum experience. Stay tuned. I'm here with Dr. Joseph Stringfellow, an OBGYN at Novant Health City Lake OBGYN. And Dr. Stringfellow, if you could, what is perinatal mood disorder? First of all, thank you for having me. Glad to be joining you. Perinatal mood disorder, it's a bit of an umbrella term. It includes specifically anxiety, postpartum depression, can also include postpartum psychosis, and according to some experts, also postpartum blues. The most common being postpartum blues, which we don't even really consider pathological. Kind of emotional changes that can range from irritability to sadness that occurs usually the first 24 to 72 hours after delivery. And we think that it has a lot to do with the expected physiologic hormonal changes that happen after pregnancy. And that usually is self-limiting. It's mild, kind of goes away without any kind of intervention. Up to 80% of women after delivery will experience that. But the depressive symptoms, especially postpartum depression, anxiety has a piece to play as well, which actually may be more common than depression. And then postpartum psychosis is most rare, but typically the most severe. How are they diagnosed? Typically, we try to use some type of clinically validated tool, meaning we try to use some type of screening that we know can be applied universally, is going to be accurate, going to be consistent across different groups of patients, different demographics. One of the most common, if not the most common scale that we use is called the Edinburgh Perinatal Depression Scale that asks different questions about mood in the past two weeks. That's the tool that most OBGYNs use to diagnose postpartum depression. A few of those questions can be used specifically for the anxiety component. Psychosis, on the other hand, is more a clinical diagnosis that doesn't necessarily require a scale. It's kind of based on history and symptoms, including easy distractibility, kind of disorganized thoughts, hallucinations. So kind of the same way we would diagnose someone who's actively schizophrenic. Are all moms who've recently given birth asked these questions or would they need to prompt the conversation about how they're feeling? How does that work? Universally, screening is recommended to be done within six weeks following delivery. If there are certain indicators that it needs to be done during pregnancy, it can be done at that time as well. So across the country, it's pretty much accepted that the standard of care is to screen every woman at her postpartum visit or sooner if she expresses concern. Are there certain women who are more at risk for some of these mood disorders or does it not really discriminate? There are women who are at increased risk, but it does vary by the disorder. So women that are most at risk for postpartum depression are women who have a history of depression or major depressive disorder outside of pregnancy. Women with bipolar disorder, are at higher risk for both postpartum depression and postpartum psychosis. And women with a history of anxiety or panic disorder are at higher risk for 
perinatal anxiety. How is it treated if something is found in that line of questioning? What do you do at that point? We take a couple of different factors into play. So we consider the severity of her symptoms at that moment. So if the patient has, say, a mild to moderate expression of depression, we may recommend something like cognitive behavioral therapy or some type of counseling as a first-line treatment. If it's moderate to severe, we may recommend combination of therapy and medication. And it also depends on the patient's preferences. The most severe manifestations, which would be active suicidality or active psychosis, requires usually immediate intervention. So that might require hospitalization or immediate intervention by an outpatient psychiatrist who's trained to help manage those issues. What sort of resources exist at Novant Health and even sort of in the larger space that you would point women to if they feel like, that sounds like something I might be dealing with? Well, generally the first place to start is with your OBGYN. OBGYNs are trained and equipped to recognize perinatal mood disorders and to treat them. And oftentimes we'll use a multidisciplinary approach. So we'll work with psychiatry, we'll work with therapy and counseling to make sure that if medication management comes into play or there are more severe symptoms, that we coordinate care to make sure that the patient receives what they need. Within the Novant system, any of our behavioral health providers are equipped and often will join with us to help take care of patients with more severe disease. Just sort of in general, how does pregnancy and maybe even breastfeeding as well affect mental health? In what ways does that sort of interact with a a woman's body? Well, interestingly, not too long ago, we used to think that pregnancy was protective against depression and mental illness. As recently as early 2000s, there were studies suggesting that bipolar type 1 patients had a lower incidence of depression specifically. What we've learned since then is that pregnancy is more neutral. So it doesn't necessarily increase the risk of mental illness, nor does it decrease that risk. So it's not protective either. What we find is that the women who tend to suffer or the patients that suffer from these disorders tend to be those that have had a history of it in one way or another. The one exception probably being anxiety, which can tend to express itself in in patients who have had no history of mental disorder. Could this affect both mom and dad or just mom? Partners who are involved in the care of the patient are absolutely impacted for multiple reasons. They're very deeply concerned about their partner. They want to make sure that that person feels supported. And sometimes they can feel helpless because this is very difficult to manage in some cases. And as as the partner, you feel sometimes some culpability. You feel like, well, have I done something? Have I been of poor support? Did I make a mistake? Am I not being a good partner or support person or a good parent? And that's not to magnify the concerns of the partner over the person who's delivered the baby. But those are some of the ways that someone who's intimately involved in the care of the patient and the baby can be impacted. So there's growing evidence that partners of patients who have delivered can suffer their own form of perinatal mood disorder. That literature is still young, but we're coming to understand that and flesh that out. Have you found that these mood disorders typically arise during pregnancy or would it be shortly thereafter? 
In my experience, most often it happens shortly after delivery. The patients who tend to have some type of mental illness during pregnancy were typically those who came into the pregnancy either being treated for mental illness or recently diagnosed with one. The patients that I meet who express depression, typically they have a history of depression. They're being followed by their primary care physician or behavioral health clinician, but the patients who don't have the disease or disorder necessarily in pregnancy, the majority of them, in my experience, tend to be shortly after delivery, usually within that first month. Is there anything else that I haven't asked that you think would be important for people to know? There are two things that come to mind that may not seem intuitive. The first, when we think of postpartum or perinatal mood disorders, a lot of times we will draw that imaginary or that arbitrary line at six weeks after delivery, that's it. Like that's the end of your postpartum care. And that's not entirely true. We assign the postpartum period to that full 12 months after delivery. So in that same vein, perinatal mood disorders can show up anywhere in those following 12 months. And so some patients may not know, well, I'm feeling this way. Is this postpartum depression? Is it not? Do I see my OBGYN? Do I see my PCP, if it's within that first 12 months, that is still well within the purview of your OBGYN. So if you have any concerns or you're not quite sure who to reach out to, you can always feel free to reach out to your obstetrician. And the other partners, just to understand how severe these mood disorders can be, and also to understand that it's not necessarily in reaction to something the partner has done or not done. Granted, a lack of support can exacerbate mood disorders. So there, on the one hand, partners have to be very careful to be present, to be compassionate, to be supportive. But on the other hand, try not to internalize any guilt. That makes the partner less capable of empathizing and sympathizing with the patient. So my advice would be just for partners, be present. Just be present. Don't try to fix it. Just be present. And that's going to be more valuable than perhaps anything else you can do aside from seeking care from a qualified clinician. That's a great point. Have you found that whether it's a partner or mom herself, do people tend to internalize and or blame themselves when it comes to this type of stuff? The myth, because it is a myth, that a good mother is always excited and happy to be a mother. Motherhood, I am not a mother. I will never have the privilege of being a mother, but it's demanding and it's challenging, even for experienced mothers. There will be frustration. There will be some grief, especially for complicated deliveries or pregnancies. It's not always roses and and unicorns. Sometimes you get frustrated at your baby. That doesn't make you a bad parent. That makes you a human being. Mothers should give grace to themselves and extend grace to others as they're kind of walking through that very sometimes challenging transition from delivery to the postpartum period. We all have our changes and our swings and from one day to the next, one hour to the next, how we feel is so poorly under our control and that frustrates us and disappoints us, but that's okay. That's just what it means to be, to be human. Thank you for listening to this episode of Latch On, a breastfeeding podcast series under Novant Health Healthy Headlines. 
Find lots of other episodes under the Healthy Headlines channel. Everything from flu season to COVID-19, mental health advice, and other great resources to keep you and your family healthy. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. I'm Gina DiPietro, your host, and we hope to see you back here real soon.